watch cartoons We'll take a look back at where we've been So let's hop into our time machine Hello and welcome to another episode of Cartoon Time Machine. I'm Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates and today, uh, well, we're, we're delving into a topic that uh, the two of us uh, are, are very fond of um, and it is also uh, relevant because uh, just now uh, in as at the time of recording, uh, the new Dungeons and Dragons movie has been released into theaters and both Katie and I have seen it and enjoyed it. And well, it got us to thinking, uh, what what would a D&D party made up of some of our favorite cartoon characters look like? Uh, for, for those uh, not aware, not familiar with the game Dungeons and Dragons, uh, there are, are certain classes that uh, all the characters fall into that denote certain powers, abilities, archetypes. Um, so we thought it would be fun to take a look at some of our favorite cartoon characters and see in what ways uh, they are similar to those uh, character types and what kind of uh, well-balanced party we can try to put together uh, of these various characters. Uh, in some ways, it's a little bit like our cartoon clash, uh, except that they're, we're teaming them up rather than fighting them against each other. But we're going to assume basically no canon. You know, these can be characters from all over cartoondom, past, present, probably not future, because uh, we're not making up new ones, um, but different networks, all of that. Just who do we think would would make a, a decent party uh, coming together? Um, so wh why don't we start with with what is, uh, as Katie, I think you and I would, would, both, would both probably be inclined to agree, uh, one of the most essential uh, characters you can have in your party, uh, which is the cleric. Uh, you need someone on, on your team to provide healing and medicine and general good vibes while your uh, fighter and barbarian are off hacking things to bits. Uh, you need someone to make sure they, they come back okay. Um, so when, when, I, when I thought about, about a cleric, uh, I, I think, you know, you want, you want someone who is a healer. You want someone who is, you know, perhaps spiritual in a way. Um, and that's why my first instinct uh, on wh what a party cleric would look like uh, is Katara from Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm -hmm. uh, she, she's a notable healer. Uh, she also uses, she, she's a waterbender. Uh, using the elements is certain clerics have control water. Uh, so that is, that is a spell that would work uh, for her particular abilities. Um, but I think more importantly, I think she just has the temperament of a cleric. Like I really, I really like like the 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 arc on Avatar that she sort of goes through where she learns how to be a healer and it's always portrayed as something that is equally if not more important than the other characters fighting because like you know in, in animation and kids shows and frankly in D&D &D games too I think everyone kind of like is inclined to be like the, the person who can fight the best is the best like every you know best fighter wins and Katara is not a slouch in that area nor are clerics usually bad fighters um, but I think it's nice that, that, that Katara is a character who acknowledges that like giving life is very important. Like I like, I like the one episode where, where they meet the, the recluse firebender and he's, you know, he says in line about how, you know, you know, water brings life, fire only destroys and, you know, that sort of gets, you know, repudiated later. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think that that's, uh, that's a very, uh, 
apt role for Katara to fall into. Mm. You have any thoughts on on who a party cleric might be? I think yours makes a lot of sense. However, my immediate thought, uh, unfortunately, I think mostly flavored by two uh, prominent cleric visuals in my uh, my playing of Jester from Critical Role. Yep. And our cleric in our campaign. We have a cleric? My, we have a cleric. Her name <laughs> is Kelta, we think. <laughs> Um, I immediately thought of Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. Not an actual healer, but gives the vibes of someone who would be the party uh, healer mom. I totally buy that. Like, as Bubbles, like, as a player, 100% goes in, like, why do all the monsters have to fight each other? Like, why can't we all just be friends and give give you a little kiss on the top of the head and I heal your boo-boos? I, mm-hmm. I I really like the idea of a party with with bubbles as a cleric. I okay. Now important question: what what divine domain do you think uh, bubbles would fall into? Because like I feel like Katara is sort of your nature. standard life cleric. Nature, I could see nature. Mostly because of the understanding speaking language and the languages part. I think that really was what got me. <laughs> Oh, she does love animals. Yeah, that make that makes perfect sense. Although now that now that I'm like getting into like subclass area, like I'm beginning to question myself if uh, Circle of the Moon Druid would be better for Katara. I, I feel like it doesn't fit her vibes as much, but you do have the moon element. Is there is there a moon? Is there a moon cleric? Is that a thing? I like cleric as the closest. I like cleric, okay. which are really broken. But isn't that kind of like all like shadowy? I feel like that doesn't really fit Katara's general energy. I think I'd still stick I'm her as like, all the classic life player. See, this 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 episode is dangerous because it just means we're deep diving into a lot of D and D stuff, <laughs> which which you know, do. I'm on RPGBot.net, my favorite D and D website in existence. Is that the one that like ranks all the subclasses by like worst to best? Uh, kind of. It color codes all of them by and all their abilities. Yeah, by what's, what's good? Yeah, I would I would stick with that. I, I it's kind yeah. Twilight's a little bit more like that. Feels like if you want it could like, work. That that feels yeah. like if you wanted like you know like your like dark party and you have like your cleric, but your cleric is also like kind of a vampire. Like when I think of when I think of Twilight Cleric, I think of a vampire for some reason. You know, no, I I for some reason I think of it because Twilight is a movie about vampires. I don't, I don't know, I don't know why I would that was so mysterious to me why my brain went to that. But like also they like lurk in the shadows and like fly and stuff. So I think it's it's apt. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I think I think we've got two good options for for a cleric. Uh, what, what's what's another uh, class that you think we should we should fill our party with? Because we don't need to have all the classes in a party, but we just need a well-rounded bunch. Uh, well, I have one for monk. If we want to do a monk, yeah, yeah, a monk is a great uh, fighter option with a little more finesse. What what you got? I'm immediately going with a with a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Which one is the contemplation after the debate? Ooh, that is a good question. Cause I feel like I feel like we gotta rule out like, well, I don't know. Cause like I think my my gut instinct would be ruling out Donatello. Cause to me, he strikes me as since he's the one with the machines, he strikes me as more of an artificer. But he he's does an artificer, staff, which is a pretty classic monk weapon. I was thinking Leonardo in the end. 
because I think of monks being slightly more tactical. Yeah, Leo is definitely your like strategy dude. He's like he's like the way of the warrior style monk. I I think that I think yeah. that works really well. Um, runner up, I think would would be would be Raph Raphael. Yeah. I, I think he has more of the like run directly into the fray, pop pop energy. Um, versus you could, yeah. You could do. Why am I forgetting the last one's name? Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Thank you. You could do him as a way, like a, a fun take on way of the drunken master. I, I was literally about to say he's like a drunken master. Yeah. Cause that's like his whole deal is like goofing off and stumbling his way into saving the day. But yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I think you could take all of them, except I was going to say Donatello to me is an artificer. I also have another take for an artificer that could be at the table, but. Right. Well, I, I think there's a lot of, our, I have some fun artificer ideas as well. There's a lot, a lot of artificers. There's a lot of artificers. As options. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what's weird to me is like the idea of splitting up the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I feel like I see them as such a pack and like as a whole, they're definitely monks. Like, I feel like when they're split off, you can like make the argument for like different classes, but like definitely like the concept, they are monks. Um, Mm -hmm. has an, has an all monk party ever been pitched? I know, I know we always talk about an all bard party, but like all monk party would be bonkers. There is. In one of my actual play shows I watch, there is a portion where it is an all monk party. That's gotta be so OP. Yeah, we we should probably not call out by name podcasts that are objectively better than our podcast. That feels like just bad business sense, but you know. No, every once in a while. If Fine. we're gonna always shout out critical role, we can occasionally shout out the other pod. No, I think that's only fair. Equal, equal time after all, equal time. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are also we we said uh, Michael Andrews Way of the Drunken Drunken Master. I do think Way of the Ascendant Dragon is really funny. This is a concept. I mean, given Dragon that, Turtles, like, Dragon Turtles are a thing, and also like I feel we're not really doing races; we're just doing classes because it's just too hard, annoying to move into class into into races. But like, if we were to do that, they're Dragonborn. They're, they're no, they're, they're turtles. I don't, I mean, I guess, but the way they move, I don't, well, I don't know, I guess, I don't know, I I imagine turtles, I just imagine turtles as being just, like, very, you know, like, lumbering and, like, wide. You imagine them more as the Kung Fu Panda guy? Yeah, basically, honestly, I don't, I, you're right, I hadn't really been putting that fine a point on it, but now that you say it, yes, I'm absolutely imagining the Kung Fu Panda guy. Master Uguay. Uguay. Yeah. So like Japanese uh, for turtles or something. Sounds like it probably is. Now I'm just thinking about that. We could have just just pitched Kung Fu Panda as an all monk party. I, I mean, yeah, that that sure is an all monk party if there ever was one. Uh, I mean, any Kung Fu movie is going to be basically an all monk party. Um, yeah. my, my pick my pick for a monk uh, was Sandy from Spongebob. Oh, that's also good. Yeah. I, I, I mean... And not just because I feel like she is the embodiment of Bo on Critical Role, um, but also she is a Kung Fu master. She is very strategic. She's like always the smartest person in the room. She's a scientist, which I feel like is also like very like cloistered scholar monk thing. Like she's sent down, she's like basic, she is like kind of a monk in the sense of like the old like medieval, like monk being the one person in town who can like read and write and like handles everyone's... Um, like, I feel like, uh, 
uh, Sandy kind of fulfills that same role in Bikini Bottom where like she's the only she's like come down from on high to tend to the little people and teach them science Mm -hmm. and occasionally beat them yeah I think Sandy would have to be a way of Kensai monk because they can get whips as a monk weapon oh I guess she has a lasso right because I was thinking a lasso. You could you could yeah, yeah, make yeah, whip yeah. into a lasso. I mean, can you? I guess, yeah, you can grab stuff. But it would Wait. be the one that I would reflavor to be a lasso. Okay, okay. I, I like that. I Here's the thing. I feel like I've always wanted to play a character with a whip, but, like, the whip in D&D is very underpowered in an unfair way. Like, I want to mm. be Indiana Jones and just be, like, whipping stuff. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. But I think we came up with some good monks. A lot of monks. We, we've got, we got like five monks in this party now. It's going to be an enormous party. But okay, so we got, we got cleric down. We got monk down. Uh, well, we, we mentioned a few times uh, artificers. So let's, let's add some, some techno to this. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, so I, I, there are, there are way too many options. Gut instinct for me was Phineas and Ferb. That's a good one. My gut instinct was Jimmy Neutron based almost solely on the fact that anytime you play your artificer uh you tout yourself as a boy genius and that makes me think of jimmy neutron every time boy genius master alchemist yep because <laughs> i i wanted to create a mid-grade uh, uh party member and so that's that's what i, I did um I mean, actually, though, you know, if, if I'm being honest, that character is based on another very viable option here, um, which is Varian from Tang- uh, Tangled, the series, um, mm-hmm. who could, who I think also, I think is like almost too literal for this list. Like, I feel like we're like going to try to shy away from the ones that are like just literally what they are, because I, I think he's even described as an alchemist. So like, probably probably a little too literal um for for what we're going for here um but i i really like the idea of finney's and verb together as as an artificer duo because like i think i think they really embody like what D's artificers are which is just the makes you know elaborate things out of basically nothing and like have that like near magic quality like there, like there is magic to what Phineas and Ferb do like weirdly like Jimmy Neutron is like more grounded in the sense that like he still makes some crazy fantasy stuff don't get me wrong but like I feel like they try to make it more like this is roughly how the science would work and this is how science gets us in and out of this situation Phineas and Ferb just make stuff that just utterly defies logic in the span of like an hour and the show will you know poke fun at that but it's okay it'll you know it's 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 played for laughs it doesn't matter how they got all of this stuff um but yeah I I don't know I just I I like I like the idea of that of that duo um and actually I guess they wouldn't really they wouldn't really fit the alchemist subclass I guess I what 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 would you put them under Katie they're not really armorers I mean they've made they've made armor on that show quite a bit um, this is when I reveal the fact that I don't know a lot about artificers because I kind of hate artificers. I, I I'm I'm aware of your of your uh, prejudice. Uh, what, what's I think artillerist maybe? I think maybe. I mean that's that's more of like you know as you might imagine like projectile stuff like but no I feel like the the, the level of stuff they make is like 
closer to like a giant cannon than it is to like a suit of armor or like Mm -hmm. magic items yeah whereas i think jimmy neutron would have to be a battlesmith because you get a steel defender which is a really simple simple pet so goddard that's goddard oh that's fun i like that i like that a lot that's an easy one is that what what does that what does that make Doofenshmirtz? Is he is he also that because he has Norm? I feel like he's not good enough at his job to actually be an artificer. No, Norm is just a warforged that's hanging around. He's just hanging around. Oh <laughs> uh, he, yeah. He's your he's your he's your doty. I feel like that's an insult to Norm. Norm Norm is is much more intelligent than that. It, yes, but conceptually wise. Yes, yes, yes. He's your, he's your, I prefer, I, I think, I think, yeah, more, more like a, a warforged than a construct in that way that he's, yeah. got his, he's got his own identity. He's got, he's got his own thing going on. He's a real boy. All right. Whatever you say, man. I just like Norm. I think he's fun. Like, I like, <laughs> I like that he was, seemed to have been written as like such a one-off character. And then they just decided this is a really good foil for Doofenshmirtz. Like, let's basically give him a son. And that just sort of went on for the rest of the series with no one commenting on how weird it is that he had this, like, giant 10-foot steel man. Mm-hmm. Uh, our other option we could have taken for an artificer. Um, but more likely a weird villain is uh, the brain. The brain is a good option. Uh yeah, he's he's definitely he he and Pinky together are definitely like your your big bad henchman combo. Maybe not big bad, like you're like second enemy of the campaign. Like he's not he's not a nothing. You're not like you know fighting some goblins, but like he's he's, he's not not the biggest threat. He might come back later and actually help out. Mm-hmm. I, I was also gonna say Dexter from Dexter's Lab is a good yeah. option. Another boy genius. Just want to say. I know that's the other one I occasionally think of. I have a lot. I have a lot. Well, I mean, the 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 weird voice is definitely closer to Dexter than uh, than than Jimmy Neutron. Although I'm bad at accents, so I'm not attempting whatever vaguely Eastern European accent Dexter has. (laughs) Just go with French and say omelette du fromage. Omelette du fromage. Yeah, it's not it's not French the rest of the time. Yeah, what I what is what is Dexter's accent, Katie? I don't, I don't know off the top of my head what they were going for. It's, it's so strange to me. Cause like, I, I, what, how did that get pitched? Like, what was the, what was the idea for that? Cause no one else in Dexter's family or world has an accent. They just gave him one or is, is he supposed to sound like Albert Einstein? That's kind of the clo- only thing I can think of is that like, what does a smart person sound like? Um, kind of German Yiddish accent, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All right, so our party currently consists of a cleric, a uh, monk, a artificer. Um, we gotta get, let's get some magic in here. Um, what what about a wizard? Oh, oh, I gotta think on that. You got anyone immediately for a wizard? Well, I was so I was thinking. Um, you know, it's it's something that unfortunately you still haven't seen. Um, but wow. I was thinking loose from the owl house, I think is a really good example of a wizard in a world of sorcerers. Cause I think sometimes the distinction between wizard and sorcerer can be 
kind of muddled if you're like trying to explain to someone who hasn't played a lot of D&D or seen it because both are just like very heavy just straight up magic users with a lot of spells and I think you know sorcerer can sometimes just sort of seem like you know a, a wizard without a spell book and a or or just like more bad stuff can occasionally happen to them um but uh owl house is a is a pretty fun example where uh loose our protagonist is not inherently magical in the same way that all the other people in the show are and they actually do use the phrase wild magic to describe the the magic that exists in this world that is you know just kind of innate to to everyone um in existence um and then but uh loose is is unique in that in order for her to do spells she has to write them out she has to write out glyphs and sigils and activate them with what the show never refers to as somatic elements but i'm gonna go ahead and refer to as a somatic element um you know, just like tapping the paper. Um, so that to me is a, she doesn't have a spell book per se, but I think the the spirit of it is very much there. Um, and then that would that would leave just about everyone else on the aisles uh, as an option for our sorcerer if we so chose. Although uh, I, I do I do like the idea of Ida, uh, 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 the owl lady as being a druid type because she can transform into a big owl, which is great. And I love her for that. She she does the thing that they do in the D and D movie that all the nerds got mad about because druids can't turn into owl bears. <laughs> like she's basically an owl bear, um, in a in a very fun way. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's I think that's sort of my my big like I think I think the thing with wizard sort of has to be a character who is you know studious you know regardless of whether they use magic in their own world that they are using some form of study to uh you know have abilities beyond what they would ordinarily have like i'd stick like dipper from gravity falls in that category that was where i was going sorry i'm sorry i stole your guy i'll stop talking now ford would have been a good Uh, artificer though uh, we we can brainstorm another who uses books who's got books now my other one if we're if we're doing also like characters who have magic already in some ways you could also do uh sypha from castlevania i don't have a ton because it's been a while since i've watched castlevania but is a is a magic user i and it's more studious from what i remember i've magic users are harder because uh i can't remember as many shows with magic in them yeah, I mean, again, I feel like you know some of these are just cheating. Like you could say Callum from uh, Dragon Prince, who is like yeah, he's a, just a wizard. He's a D and D wizard. Like it's not it's not even fun for us to like speculate on what class the Dragon Prince people would be because like they're pretty clear cut D and D characters. Whether that yeah. was intentional or just because there are archetypes for this thing, um, that that feels pretty pretty set in stone. Uh, who? Who else? Who else would be a a half decent? Uh, you know what? Who how I'd put in this category? Uh, Princess Bubblegum from Adventure Time. I know you haven't seen a lot yeah. of it, but I would. I feel like she has just big wizard energy to her. Um, yeah, that checks out. And the the Ice King looks like a wizard, like aesthetically. Um, but I would definitely put him more in the warlock category. Um, yeah. Okay, I, ha- I have a really funny warlock concept. Ooh, warlock concept. Go for it okay now this is not a character that uses magic but you're gonna have to stick with me uh-huh scrooge mcduck 
as a warlock. As a warlock whose patron is the capitalist entity known as the great, as a great old one. Oh my God. Wait, I love the heck out of that. That's just this is my new capitalism as a nebulous uh, eldritch force that is powering him is amazing. Okay, no, I'm down with that 100%. This is, this is my next character I'm pitching right now. Okay, wait, you, you are more, way more D&D knowledgeable than I am, Katie. Is there a spell that would allow a person to safely swim through a money vault? Like piles of gold? Like... Probably. There's some, like, etherealness spells. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. An etherealness spell. That would probably do it. Or, like, some kind of magic item would probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> is he... Wait, is he, is he a Pact of the Talisman uh, uh, warlock who has some sort of special thing that allows him to, like, become incorporeal when he's swimming through his money pit? His talisman is definitely his cane. Oh, yeah. Well, well, or according to, I, I forget this was thing in the old series, but in the new series, his, like, first dime is, like, a very sacred thing to him. So I would, I would more make it that. Oh, yeah. The first dollar. <laughs> yeah, same, same, same concept. Um, man, but, you know, the, the wonderful thing about Warlocks, as I, I'm also currently playing one of those, and it's just, it's great RP fodder because, like, 90% of the time, based on the way the Warlock class is written, you're just setting up for a massive breakup with your patron. And I love the idea of, like, Scrooge McDuck, like, facing off against, like, the concept of capitalism and just throwing it all away. Which is a thing that happens, actually, in the new DuckTales series. I won't go into spoilers, but it's actually really heartbreaking. And it's, it, 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 it involves his daughter, and it's, it's really sad. Um, but, uh, or no, not daughter. I guess it would be niece. Yeah. Niece. The, the generational thing gets weird with, with DuckTales. Um, because we always think of Huey, Dewey, and Louie as, as Scrooge's, uh, like nephews, but they're technically great nephews. So like Mm -hmm. it's an extra, extra scale there. Okay. I like, I, I was going to say, um, in, in contrast to what I just said about most warlocks, uh, you know, having like, you know, dark uh, patrons and needing to like rebel against them. Um, I was thinking Timmy Turner as a uh, fae patron uh, warlock. Cause like, yeah. his relationship. That's an easy, yeah. He has like a rare, very good relationship with non evil patrons. Like, I feel like if, if you want a non evil patron, you kind of have to pick the fae. Cause like, that's, it's the, it's the yeah, only celestial. I guess so. Yeah, I always forget Celestial as being an option because I feel like if you want a Celestial as your patron, just like be a cleric. Yeah, um, there's a lot of other options. <laughs> right. Like I, I feel like a, a Celestial patron warlock is just a cleric with fewer abilities, like from an RP standpoint. Um, like I feel like you just are kind of like hamstringing yourself. Um, but that's just me being judgmental. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who have done very good characters with Celestial patrons. Um However, I think it's very funny to think of Wanda and Cosmo as like D&D style fae because like I feel like that is absolutely what they're doing. They're doing like whether whether the show's narrative wants us to believe it or not, they're absolutely doing the be careful what you wish for very specific wording of the spell so it goes wrong thing. Like, oh, yeah, they could absolutely grant wishes that don't blow up in Timmy's face within 11 minutes, but they never do. They always blow up in his face within 11 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I it's another very good call. Yeah, I mean, he, he just also does not deserve that power. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Oh, and actually, a definite pact of the chain because he keeps them in goldfish form. <laughs> oh, you're so right. You're I don't so know, is right. There, is, is there a world in which your pact of the chain, like, entity that, like, you control is actually your patron? Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm the power, sure power dynamic is, the power dynamic is very flipped for him as a warlock because he has all the control over his patrons in this case, and they have very little power. Like, they have all the power in the universe, don't get me wrong, but they are forced to use it just on the whims of this 10-year-old boy. Yeah. I have another very weird pitch for a rogue if you want my next Ooh, pitch. I, I would love your pitch for a rogue. <clears throat> I think Molly McGee could be a rogue. Specific, this, this is a very specific case. Because Phantom great, Rogue. Phantom Rogue. Yeah. Face of the party. She oh, is yeah, so persuasive it. and committed. Can really get her way. And also has the ability to get assistance from the ghostly powers that be hanging out around. Bro, I love the idea of Phantom Rogue Molly McGee. That's adorable. Yeah, I love Phantom Rogues. <laughs> that is, is uh, not a visual medium. It's <laughs> eating grin right there. Um, but yeah, no, it's that's definitely uh that that's definitely a good pick. I I I think also like rogues are another one that I think people like put into boxes very quickly, like. And I, I like the idea of like a positive, cheerful rogue. Like I think rogues are usually like moody outsiders or like very morally gray people. Um, you know, see see the new D&D movie where the, you know, I, I'm just isn't spoiling anything. I think the trailers make it pretty clear that the the rogue of the of the party is is basically the bad guy throughout. Um, but uh, you know, it's it, I, I like the I like Molly as a as a person going rogue for good, like very much that Robin Hood chaotic good, like still an outlaw, still definitely breaking the rules, but is just trying to make the world a better place and just does not care about the current system of government. She's going to go against it and make the world a better place. Like the the show Molly McGee itself, I think doesn't stop her very much. Like I think there's a world in which she is not being permitted to do all of the fun uh things that she wants to do but like her all the local authority figures are really like going along with what she wants to do in the show but like there's definitely a version of the show where they don't right like and she has to like actually like really do some sneaky stuff to get away with it mm-hmm. could also multi-class in the bar to hear phantom rogues are great when they're multi-class being a bard also huh yeah i wonder how you heard that i don't know can be really talented at deceiving everyone or persuading everyone, depending on the mood. See, for Bard, for me, my first instinct was Steven from Steven Universe. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, in a, in addition to your general, like, he plays the ukulele. So, like, instantly when I was thinking, oh, where should he go? It's like, oh, he plays an instrument, boom, Bard. But, like, I think also, like, with the power of love being so central to, like, everything he does and, like, I, like... In D&D, because D&D is an adult game, I think we, you know, see the bards as the people who are going to, like, seduce everything. But, like, the G-rated version of seduce everything is make everyone be your friend and fall in love with you, which is literally every bad guy Steven encounters is 
I'm going to eventually make you my friend. <laughs> and usually that works out. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another bard. I'm drawing a blank for another pitch for bard. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I think bard is difficult because I think our brains do immediately just go to characters with instruments. And I think the beauty of D&D is that your bard can be literally anything. Like, I, I saw someone on uh, on Reddit pitch a bard who just gives TED Talks all day, um, which I, I like the idea of that. Oh, you look like you have an idea. Uh-huh. What's your idea? Squidward is a terrible bard. <laughs> he would make a bad bard, but he thinks he's a good bard. Mm-hmm. thinks he's doing good that's a very, very he's a professional uh, level one bard the rest of the, the rest of the party is leveling up but he's just like stuck in the same place yeah bards can also I mean, be stand-up comedians i haven't come up with anything else yet though yeah i mean i think i think like the essence of the bard again is sort of like the face the charmer the ideas man with, with that respect i could see someone like Sokka counting as mm-hmm. your bard um, although him, I, I feel, I feel like a weirdly barbarian works best for, for Sokka. Um, I feel like he's got like that warrior rage going on, even if it's not terribly good at it. Um, or arguably the, the boomerang is a ranged weapon. He could be a ranger. Um, uh-huh. I don't know, the more I think about it, actually him being like an ideas man type and having objectively the best game in the avatar universe, just all of the girls all the time I feel like probably puts him in solid running as a bard um Mm. but yeah characters who are who are good and kind and charismatic and win people over I could see Mabel from Gravity Falls falling into that category really I could I I know which cat which I have which class she would like to be what it doesn't technically fit with them would love to be a druid she would she would like to be a druid she would definitely want that that animal affinity but yeah probably well I don't know I mean she I guess again you know maybe more of a ranger with her her love of, of her pig yeah. Um, yeah any 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 per, any player in D&D could get a pet if they try hard enough and if the DM allows it shout out once again to Kelta our nature cleric really colored a lot of our visuals is she actually a nature cleric or do we just yes. decide okay she is okay um, that one has always stayed the same was she maybe once a dwarf yes was, was was her name possibly at one point ketla yes also that <laughs> but uh, uh we, she had like seven last names at one point yes we we gently rib because we love and also because we have a death wish because pissing off your party cleric is a really good way not to get healed in your next session I know giant dropped on me last time. I I should be I should be more careful. <laughs> yeah, the best part was uh, that wasn't very well explained. Uh, the giant was dropped by a party member. It was it was it was our bard, wasn't it? Yeah, it was our bard. My characters have rotten luck. Is the is the gist of it? Mostly because I also in real life and in game piss everybody off. So yep, what you gonna do? Um. So yeah, I, I think I mean my, my gut instinct is still Steven for for a bard with a with yeah. a with a honorable mention to someone like Sokka. Um oh you know who I who I would put in this? I'd put Rapunzel from uh from Tangled. I think I think again the instinct might be cleric because of the uh the hair healing. 
Um, but I think like personality wise and her being like a jack of all trades is like a big part of her personality is that she is very artistic and is good at a lot of different things in a lot of other ways, which is a big perk to playing a bard. Play a bard long enough, you're basically good at everything uh, and you can just steal spells from everybody. Um, Multi-class bard rogue and you can have 10 expertise that's broken you shouldn't feel you should not be allowed to to mix rogue and bard because the way those those the way the chemistry of those two classes comes together means you are so op as to never be defeated i've been nerfed three times you're you're insane um so yeah i think i think that's it's very good character it's not just overpowered (laughs) there's story reasons yeah nah um right. I have a barbarian but ooh, more just because the vibes fit it doesn't fully fit my head puts Johnny Bravo as a barbarian just because of the himbo yeah he's got that himbo energy I don't I I weirdly don't see him like I think I when I think of Johnny Bravo I think of him as like a relatively even keeled guy though is my my only concern yeah. with that, is that he doesn't show a lot of emotion to me like the trick like a barbarian has to be someone who like at any given moment could snap into a rage um yeah which wait let me try to think of that i one. i have a real one. Ooh, what's your real one um i believe i have it correct uh jasper steven yeah universe. jasper from steven universe definitely um, my gut instinct is uh, Katie Kaboom from Animaniacs. Yes! Who I think, who has a literal uh, rage uh, the trigger of anyone telling her that she can't do things because she's uh, she's overreacting because she's a teenager. <laughs> Just a teenager is totally a rage mood. Next character, teenage girl barbarians. <laughs> yeah, in, instead of I would like to rage, it's I'm not overreacting. I'm a teenager. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, we, yeah, we have a really conversation there. It's a barbarian. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I think that's your your pretty pretty perfect one. Uh, however, I did want to give a shout out also to Toph from Avatar. I think I I, mm-hmm. I did a lot of a lot of Avatar ones because I love Avatar so much. But I feel like Toph also qualifies for this. Yes, I have an Avatar one for my next one once you finish this. I mean, that was more, more just like, I feel like the, just the, the sheer power. I mean, again, Mm -hmm. with Avatar, the instinct on all of these is like, they could be druids because of the elemental magic. But like, I think the way Toph handles her earthbending is just like, so barbarian-like that I kind of just want to give that to her. Yeah. I mean, you could technically say that everyone at Avatar is a way of the four elements monk. Yes, you could you could give them monk, you could give <laughs> druid. There's a cleric, even right. There's a lot of what once you start taking it literally, that's sort of what it becomes. But if we're more in like the spirit of it, I'd, I'd give her barbarian. Uh, yeah. So what, what was your what was your avatar pick? So mine's actually a core pick. I think Asami would be a great unique fighter, like a Percival, mm-hmm. where you're kind of doing your own kind of style fighter, which was just about a green skinned gunslinger. But you could do something similar because. Asami has no magic power. Nothing. No, going she has on. but she does have a diplomacy glove, a la personal. Exactly. I, I think is just a good fighter and would be like a good, interesting skin with some fun weapons with like battle master tactics. 
I agree. I, li- I like that. I like that she is definitely, you know, also a tactician, also very strategic. I, li- I like that about exactly uh, why I would go battle master. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I also think that in many, in many games, your fighter character becomes your badass normal, your, you know, person who is, you know, there's a lot of weird people in your party, given that you have, you know, magic users and you might have druids and people who have magic from weird sources, but like your fighter is usually just a guy who worked really hard and is good at what they do. Um, And then, you know, some subclasses have magic, you know, adding stuff on to we that. have so, two really weird fighters right now yeah so. you can have some really weird i'm not gonna say you're not you can't have really weird fighters of course you can have really weird fighters but like i think often it comes across very much like batman and the rest of the justice league which is mm-hmm. which is to say a very cool character again not not distant fighters i think that's a really a really fun uh dynamic to create um and asami i think very much fits that role by the end of uh by the end of cora um mm-hmm. she sort of becomes that Sokka. Um, but a better fighter. Yeah. Actually, in a fight compared to Sokka, who really never is terribly impressive fighting prowess, more more just known for his his big ideas. Um, I really I really like that. I like I now now I can't stop comparing uh Asami to to Percy from uh yeah. from Critical Role because I feel like they have a lot in common personality-wise too. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm looking at what we haven't done exactly. We've thrown out, like, pe- like these people could also be a druid or a ranger. I think Mabel as a ranger was the best one we got for that. I, uh, I would also like to add, however, my my pick, because I've been watching a lot of Moon Girl uh, and Devil Dinosaur, is I'd also like to put uh, Moon Girl in there for ranger. She might more accurately fit into Artificer because of the girl genius thing. But I think the telepathic link with a giant rampaging monster puts her much more in a Beastmaster Ranger role. That's a ranger. Um, also, before we leave Fighter, I did want to throw Kim Possible in the ring for Fighter because I okay, think similarly yeah. that Batman type, absolutely Kim Possible. Definitely Battlemaster. Mm-hmm. The last two we have, I think, are we've kind of avoided because I think they're the hardest ones to figure out, uh, is Paladin and Sorcerer. Yeah, so so sorcerer again. I'd you know arguably anyone basically from uh, Owl House. Um, I would happily throw uh, 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 Amity from from that in there. Um, also, I'd say uh, 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 Anne from Amphibia. I think sort mm-hmm. of similarly falls into that role. Uh, technically, her powers come from an outside source, which I think always makes you like lean warlock, but it's not. It's it's not it's more of like the like the concept of energy within the universe, which I think is more in line with a, a way a sorcerer gets their powers. Yeah. Um, so I'd 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 put that in there. Um, yeah, I mean, right. I think I think you know if we're going for vibes, sorcerer to me is sort of someone who stumbles into a situation, you know, without really you know having control over their destiny, but like makes the most of it anyway. Um, no, I was like, saying, I was thinking nepotism. I mean, it's a little bit nepotism. Sorcerers are the nepo babies of the D&D world. Uh, with, with that with that in mind, actually, now I, I hadn't thought of this before, but the one Avatar character that I didn't really assign anyone to because I thought it was kind of easy and a, a obvious monk would be Aang. I think Aang in a lot of ways kind of embodies that sorcerer lifestyle of like, yeah, just... I was born into an obscene amount of power that I did not ask for, and it frequently makes the situation worse. 
Like yeah. there's a lot of expectations on me with this thing I did not ask for. And I'm going to lose control of it and bad stuff is going to happen. That That's an option, I think. Um, and the next one was Paladin. Paladin, I think, is really tricky in animation. I think there's a reason we haven't gone yeah. into it. Because, well, you know, I would I would put She-Ra as a paladin. I think She-Ra is a good option for that. Okay. But I think I think that what makes a paladin more than just a cleric who is good at fighting is that it's not so much about their religion as much as it's their like ideals. Like it's not they might incidentally it's serve God, but it's they they are upholding some specific value and the power of their commitment to that value is what gives them strength. Yeah, the powers do not come from a God. The powers come from taking an oath. Mm-hmm. And dedicating yourself to saying, I guess in some okay, ways. Okay, so Batman, of- I mean, boom. Yeah. I, I, I know I just said Batman was a fighter, but like in terms of the spirit of his whole arc is that he made a vow to his parents that he was going to fight for the concept of justice. So 100% Oath of Vengeance Paladin for Batman. Of, if we have to link it to a cartoon, Batman the Animated Series, I think I know, was, holds that well. Yeah, that would work. I would also say you could throw any the main gems from steven universe Ooh, that's a good point Ooh, yes rose quartz would be a good one i feel like rose specifically would be a good one yeah pearl pearl is fighting for the concept of rose quartz so i like yeah exactly uh the uh, the oath is lesbianism the oath (laughs) an oath of lesbianism paladin can let's do this i I am here for this. I've pitched so many characters I want to play tonight is what I've discovered. I mean, I think we have a ho- a homebrew subclass brewing right here. I will <laughs> I want I want a hell gay paladin who's just going out into the world to spread the good word of lesbianism. Yes, Katie? We're actually just coming up with the game thirsty sour lesbians too i we did i mean yes everyone in steven universe could be a thirsty sword lesbian i think that's i think that's valid <laughs> no i think we found some paladins uh any blood hunters that's technically the last class we actually have yeah I, that's another tricky one um in animation um because blood is usually not shown. I, actually, just a quick back, because I don't think we ever firmly put anyone in Druid, but my pick was going to be Beast Boy uh, from Teen Titans because of all the wild oh, shapes. Um, or or potentially Jake yeah. from Adventure Time, who also shapeshifts. Yes. Ben 10. <laughs> oh, Ben 10, 100%. There you go. Uh, Poison Ivy from any number of iterations. Uh, again, almost too easy on that one. Um so blood hunters. Okay. So again, so now if we take out the concept of the blood from the blood hunter, um, you know, just because animation is only infrequently going to show any blood, um, the wolf walkers, uh, crew mm-hmm. would, uh, from the, the, uh, uh, lycanthropy part of that would work. Oh yeah. Um, again, very literal. So maybe not, but like, yeah, what, what is, I guess the vibes of the blood hunter is just someone who is self-sacrificial for the purpose of just actively spiting their enemies um mm-hmm. i feel i feel like that rings for someone but i can't i can't quite put my finger on on who that would be it was the only thing i couldn't come up with yeah again blood hunter i think is difficult because it is 
I mean, I think one, it is not a clear archetype that exists in wider fiction in the same way most of these other ones are being a newer class, a homebrew class that has just sort of, you know, become mainstream. Um, I think I think those elements make it make it tricky. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's, think... let's, let's try. Let's try to try to come up with. I, I I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Okay. Um. As, is there anything with like Order of the Mutant? Like Bane, I would guess, would be a, a pretty solid one there. Um, uh, what? Some something something's got to go for this. I'm I'm. It's lots of self sacrificial characters in in fiction. I mean, Stephen from Steven Universe has that streak a mile long. I feel like in a weird in a weird way, he can kind of fit in that trend. Yeah, man, this is difficult. This one is hard. Curse you, Matt Mercer. How dare you make such a difficult class? Yeah, how dare him? Yeah, I mean, I guess, okay, I guess if we, we, if we have to pick someone, I guess the, the Wolf Walkers duo is, is a pretty good option there. I, I like them. I like them a lot. I'm just, occasionally I think of Wolf Walkers and I smile and it makes me happy. That's a really good film. It's pretty excellent. It's one of the only reasons to have Apple TV which is not true. There's apparently lots of great content that I'm just actively not watching because I've told myself the only good thing on there is Wolf Walkers. <laughs> yeah, I can't come up with something. Maybe we'll have to post that on our social media and see if anyone helps us. Yeah, hey listeners, who who do you think uh, is a good blood hunter in animation? Let us know in social media, which I don't really control or read. So that's that's on you, Katie. I'll tell you everything. But I think that means we covered everything. Yeah, we, had, I think we, we did barbarian. Party. Yeah, we did barbarian, bard, cleric, druid, fighter, monk, paladin, ranger, rogue, sorcerer, warlock, wizard, artificer, and kind of blood hunter. Kind of blood hunter, which is you know to be fair that makes sense because blood hunter is only kinda an official class. Yeah. Wow, we did all of them. I'm proud of us. Look at us. We have quite a party. Yeah, I mean, I think this does just make us want to play all of these characters as D and D. Turns out. Uh, when you ask me D&D questions, my brain goes really well. Well, I've been percolating on an idea of what all the Disney princesses would be as uh, D&D classes, so maybe that'll be our next one, but that does require you watch more of these Disney movies. That means you should watch Dimension 20 Never After. Also a better podcast. <laughs> all right, well, I'll go pop into our cartoon time machine and go do that right now. Yay. Thank you all very much for listening to our descent into D&D related madness. Uh, appreciate you hanging by us. Uh, as always, we're your animates. I'm Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates. I said that twice. I, I've done enough shows of this. I should remember our own catchphrase. And we I will never see remember you. it. We will see you next time.